Here's a bold claim that I want you to try on. Ready? There is no such thing as neutrality with our words. There is no such thing as neutrality with our words. Think about the variety of contexts that you've been in the last few weeks. How did it feel when your friend called to see how you were doing? How did it feel when your coworker blasted your idea out of the water on Zoom? How did it feel when your kids ran up to you and told you that they loved you for no reason? How did it feel when you snapped at your spouse because they didn't understand your unclear words. I have way too many experiences here. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> words have power. I'd go so far as to say that all of our words go in one of two directions, words of life and words of death. There is no such thing as neutrality with our words. We are weeks into our linked series with messages geared for distanced people. And one of the most important topics to help us stay linked together is how we use our words. Many of you have probably heard these descriptions of words of life or words of death. I've grabbed a variety of them from the book of Proverbs. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. Okay, that's the first. Here's another one. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Okay, how about this third one? Gracious words are like a honeycomb. I love that. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Lastly, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. A fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Don't you love how that's phrased? A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. Now, Proverbs doesn't have like the final description of what words of life and words of death are, but I think you can understand. I'm familiar with this. You know, how many times over this COVID season have these verses been proven true in your life? Can you count the instances when people's words felt like salve to your soul? Or how about the number of apologies you've had to give because you popped off at someone that you've been cooped up with. Since the words that come out of our mouths have the ability to heal or to hurt, to bless or to break, to give life or to bring death, controlling our tongues seems paramount. So, how can we consistently speak words of life? Jesus has an idea for us. He says in Luke 6, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. 
A good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. To speak words of life consistently, Jesus, both here and in the New Testament at large, he gives us this process. Change your nature, check your heart, train for fruit. If the first step is changing your nature, what, what does that mean? No matter how hard the bramble bush tries to make grapes, it is never, ever going to make grapes. You will never be able to try hard enough uh, to all of a sudden start speaking words of life only. If you could have, you would have by now. So we have to change on a much deeper level than head knowledge. The secret to life isn't that you finally found out you're broken. It's finding out who can make you whole. You must bring your broken self to Jesus to restore you from your core to change your nature from death to life. The very essence of the good news of Jesus is that he offers us life. Jesus is God who came from heaven, who took on our nature as humans, and then because of his death and resurrection, offers us his nature. Only through repentance of our sins and confession of him as Lord can we have our nature shifted from bramble bush to grapevine or from enemy to child of God. If your fruit is suspect, you must come to Jesus to change your nature. There is no other way. Now, the second step is to check your heart. Check your heart. Now, many of you listening may be fighting me already in your mind because you're saying yourself, saying to yourself, Andrew, I'm already an adopted child of God, but the fruit that I'm seeing in my life are words of death. What's missing here? Just know that you're asking the right question. Step one was a change of nature to his nature, and now step two is living out of that new nature. Jesus tells us that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If the product or fruit are words of death, then that heart inside needs a little bit of attention. Ask yourself, are you anxious, worried, stressed, hungry, angry, lonely, tired? If you are any of these things, guess what? You still need Jesus. Coming to Jesus isn't solely about forgiveness of sin. That's part of it. But remember, it's a nature change. Your whole way of life is about reflecting on him and who he is and what he's done. If you're anxious, where are you looking to provide safety and security? If you're worried, who are you looking to to provide peace? If you are stressed, who are you going to to solve your problems? I know these are just a few items I've ticked off, but honestly, slow down for a second and ask yourself what you are feeling and why. If you are realizing that you are trusting in yourself or someone else other than Jesus to get you out of this, check your heart and turn back to him. 
Confess that you still need him and then trust him to be your peace, your provider, your hope. The reality is that your words of death might be flowing out of your worry and not out of your peace. So slow down, check your heart. Now for the third one, it's the fun part. If your nature has been changed and your heart has been checked, it's training time. Give yourself the best chance to have the fruit that you want. For starters, take away the things that are causing you to be anxious, worried, stressed, etc., and are resulting in words of death. So, are you watching the news too much? Are you engaging in silly arguments or discussions on Facebook? Is Twitter becoming a black hole to you? Are Instagram and TikTok showing you an image or a life that you don't have and you can't attain? Seriously, stay away from that stuff. As you are able, cut out the things that are setting you on edge. Delete the apps, turn off the news, get off the internet. I promise you, it is a great first step. Okay, but what about this part of training? We need to practice the words of life. We must train our minds and our hearts to say words of life. Here are three steps, three ways that we can practice words of life. First, respond with grace. If we realize that Jesus is our hope and gives us grace, we should respond to others in kind. Let's not be harsh. Let's be gracious. When others snap at you, wait a moment and respond with understanding. If you pause and assess you might realize that a lot of fights you're getting into are all because you've escalated the situation. Respond to others with grace because you have a responsibility to reflect the grace that you have been given. Second, encourage frequently. Look for good in others and tell them what you see. If you feel honored by someone, thank them for that amazing attitude. If you are proud of someone, tell them. Even if a name or a face randomly pops into your mind as you are going about your day, don't just dismiss it. Reach out to them and let them know why you appreciate them. The Holy Spirit might be bringing them up in your mind because he wants to use you to build them up. Make encouragement a habit in your life and reflect that new nature that Jesus has given you. Thirdly, share the gospel. When you are talking with your neighbors, your friends, your family in your house, let them know why you have grace, even in the midst of this stress. Tell others about who Jesus is and about what he's done. Now, I'll be honest, the last two months have not been easy for me. I have broken down and cried under the stress that I've felt. But it's when I have talked to others about the hope of Jesus and how he has made me for more than what I see day to day, I have been renewed. It's like I have been shaken from the fog that I've been looking into and again get to look at the good news. So tell someone about Jesus. Practice this daily. Now, if you and I want to stay linked to others in our life, let us train our words to be words of life. This week, those are those action steps. 
intentionally respond with grace to one situation. Encourage someone that comes to mind. And lastly, share the good news of Jesus Christ with at least one person. When we are able to live out of the new nature that Jesus has given us, we will be more able to consistently speak words of life.